the people who looked at crisis historically and said, you know what, I'm bankrupt right now, but I'm going to move forward. Those are the people that you find that are wildly successful. They managed to get out of it and they managed to do good. So be that type of person. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm your host, Theo Hicks today, and today we'll be speaking with a repeat guest, Jennifer Glagoric. How are you doing today, Jennifer? I'm doing great. Well, as good as can be expected. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jennifer's first episode probably has not aired yet. We interviewed here about a month ago, and we're scheduled three to six months out. So you're hearing this one first because we are going to be talking about the coronavirus. So she is the co-founder and COO of Leafy Legal Services, as well as the co-host on the Leafy podcast. She has 20 years of experience in real estate, is from Galveston, Texas. You can say hi to her at leafyassets.com, but she focuses on working remotely. So what better time to go over some tips and tactics for working remotely with your employees during a crisis where everyone is essentially forced to work from home and self-quarantine in their homes. So before we get into some of the tips and strategies that Jennifer has with us today, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I actually have 25 years of experience in crisis business intervention. So before I became an asset protection specialist and owned Leafy Legal Services, I would be the person that would come into your business. And if everybody's on fire and running around, I would come figure it out and put out the fires and then get y'all back in track. Right. That's what I did. And then about a decade ago, I started to specialize in placing top talent American workers only remotely and scaling businesses remotely. So my biggest scale was taking a digital marketing company from three people to 221 people in 21 countries in under 18 months. And from a strategic HR standpoint, which I have a strong background in that sales and marketing, as well as asset protection, because I'm a real estate investor and that's important. But from a strategic HR perspective, being able to be not geographically limited with talent especially if you can have the entire United States is a game changer for most businesses, but it's a very different skill set. The managers have to manage differently. Everything is different in which everybody's figuring out very quickly <laughs> right now as we speak. So I can help y'all out hopefully with that. Thanks for sharing that. So let's start general and then I can maybe dive into more specifics. Let's just look at the perspective of someone who if he has a business, is used to working face-to-face -face with their employees. Because I know a lot of real estate investors do work from home, but are used to working face-to-face -face with their employees. Let's talk about from the management perspective first. What are some of the things that they need to start doing differently now that they're not seeing their employees face-to-face -face every single day? 
you have to be a much better communicator than you ever have been before. So utilize technology. We have all the technology for you to be the best possible version of your management self. So people that I've worked with remotely who I've never met, I know more about them and their personal lives than people I have sat across from cubicles. And people are going to figure that out quickly. Who's a good manager and who's not. You have to be a people person. And that is going to be very difficult for you guys in tech who are introverted by nature. You want to do everything by text. You can't do that anymore. I'm sorry. You're going to have to change. You're going to need to utilize video communication software, whether it's Skype, Google Hangouts, Zoom, FaceTime. There are a multitude of free and very cheap platforms you can get everyone on immediately. You need to be able to have that with them and talk to them because body language is important. Inflection is important. Please do not rely on text. You're going to find your organization is going to falter very quickly. And also don't burden your people. You want to set up clear times that they need to be there when you're going to be looking at them and then let them work. If you do it correctly, you're going to see people innovate and don't be afraid of that. Welcome it. They're going to come up with some unique solutions to whatever problem you are facing. You know, I was reading the news and there was a pizza joint and they're like, what are we going to do? They turned the waiters into delivery drivers. The guy was able to get three huge packs of toilet paper and they sold one thing of toilet paper with every pizza and they're actually doing better now financially. This is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, you get a roll with every pizza. Okay. Cause we have this crisis and then you have people shifting. You have people saying, okay, let's make face masks now. Let's see what we can do. You're going to have the helpful people that are going to come up with stuff. So no matter where you're at, there are ways to pivot and you need to listen to the team. That's why you have to be a much better people manager, but you want to look at them in the face. Another thing I'm going to tell you, every single bean counter right now in the corporate world is we need time trackers. We're going to pay these people. They're not going to do anything. Please shut those people up right now. That's not really going to happen. And if your organization is so bad at hiring that you have people that you just can't trust, then you need to fire the people that are hiring those people. You need to make a change when it all comes back. There are time trackers like Time Doctor and other software that are insanely invasive and they cause obesity, stress. It's going to ruin your goodwill. You want to use a software like Toggle. Now, I don't get any money for this. It's T-O-G-G-L.com. They have a free version and they have a very low cost version. It gives the power to the person. They can put it on their phone. It doesn't run down their battery and you can at least project manage from that. For project management software, you want to use Trello. That's a real low-cost, easy one to get into if you don't already have an enterprise software solution. And the majority of the people really suffering right now, let's face it, are small businesses. The corporations, they'll figure it out. They have big universal sales force. They have these amazing hundred grand enterprise software solutions that they've embedded and they can work with remote. For everybody else who's doing everything in an office, you're going to need to find these. Your accounting software should already be online. If it's not, look at Wave, waveapps.com. That's free, completely free, unless you use payroll. We're a fan of Zoho. I love Zoho CRM, Zoho Books. Look into it. You're going to find that there are ways you're probably going to save money during this time, and you're not going to have to cut staff. You're going to want to be creative on that. Slack. I cannot 
overstate having Skype or Slack for your communications. Slack has free channels. That's S-L-A-C-K.com. I have run entire businesses with hundreds and hundreds of people worldwide on Slack and Skype. It can be done. You can be insanely profitable. So don't worry about this. This is a challenge to innovate. And many of you might actually come back to the drawing board when this is done and said, hey, we did it. What are we paying this rent for? What are we paying for these air conditioning in this office? Maybe we could spend that money and take a company trip and help the environment and not clog the roadways with carbon emissions and traffic. There's going to be a lot of companies that are going to come out of this pivot and they're going to be different and much better. So be looking at it from that standpoint rather than panic. I suggest that highly. I would imagine that we're definitely going to be transitioning more to a remote environment since all the large corporations are forced to work from home and realizing Mm -hmm. that maybe we can do this without having to go to the office every single day and meet face-to-face by using all of these different technologies that we have at our fingertips. So appreciate you providing advice on that. So you also mentioned that you have experience going into businesses that are facing a crisis. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that we talked about a lot of tactical things that people should start doing, but what about the mindset aspect of it, right? So you go into a business that's entirely collapsing. I'm sure a lot of people are discouraged. There's a lot of negativity floating around. Assuming that the same thing is potentially happening with a lot of investors right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. People don't know what's going to happen come April 1st, May 1st when rent is due. So besides these tactical things that we've talked about, what is some advice you have from a mindset perspective? Okay, so for mindset, I'm going to tell you, I'm talking to investors every single day right now because we're in the protecting assets and everybody's like, oh my God, I should have done this before, right? But there are two camps. There are the people that are just getting into it. They don't know what's going to happen. They're over leveraged or whatever, and they're experiencing a lot of fear. And then you have the people that see this for really what it is. So please get out of fear mindset. I'm going to tell you 10 years from now, You're going to be sitting with your investing buddies and someone's going to say, yeah, I was able to snap up two multifamilies because the person just didn't know really how to do it. And I was able to get a decent deal on it and keep the renters that were in there because I was able to keep them in while things settled down. And that just springboarded me. You're going to hear stories 10 years from now of people going, God, why did I do it? Why did I get out of the game now? I should have invested. I should have looked at other opportunities. I should have looked at notes because there are people right now that are positioning with all of this. And it's going to be the time that people go, man, if only I could have gotten in at 2020. That's the mindset you need to have. You need to protect yourself. You need to leverage what you can as a small business owner. And hopefully you have been treating this as a business. If you haven't, then At least the one thing you need to take from this is that this is a business and treat it like a business. Protect yourself like a business and have the mindset that this business is going to be successful. So what do successful businesses do? Because I talk to people who are running with sometimes 30, 40 properties. They they don't really have a structure. Some of them in their name, they got 10 properties under one LLC. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And that's a lot more expensive to fix that than if they would have had the right structure in the beginning and just built from there. You kind of briefly mentioned this when you Mm -hmm. went through what you just said, but you said people in that second camp that see what's going on for what it is are going to be 10 years from now thriving. 
based off of the decision they made. Oh, more than 10 years from now. In 10 years, this is going to be the people we've been listening to that held on to their multifamilies during 2008. And now they are at the top of their game. So uh, they were successful way before 10 years. I'm telling you that now is the time not to panic. There are very specific things you can do. You need to write all your congressman, your senator, your governor, your legislator. You need to push since we don't have a lobbyist for real estate investors, really, that I know that you can write that's up there. And you need to just write them. And you need to utilize any of the monies that are coming through, treat it like a business, fill out the forms, go to the bank, and use this as a time to not be risky, but to push forward. Instead of turtle, pull back, sell, be scared, don't do that now. That's not what successful businesses do. They stop, they pivot, they reassess, and then they see where they can go forward. It might be in a different type of investing. Maybe you've just done single family and you want to do multifamily. Maybe you need to negotiate and say, okay, now's the time. If I need cash, I'm going to go to the people that have been renting for me for the longest and see if anybody has any down payment money and see if we can transition them into owning that house get me some cash and then they can get out of the rental game. And there are experts like Mitch Steven that do incredible podcasts and incredible information that can help you do that, that have mortgage servicing companies, that company can service that note. You're going to have to think outside the box, but this is the time to do it. This is an incredible time to think of things different and capitalize on a situation and don't lose your humanity in it. I'm not saying that because people here capitalize and automatically it's a negative connotation now, but I don't mean it to be negative. I meant take these lemons and try to turn them into lemonade because you tanking yourself and your company isn't helping anyone. It's not helping your family. It's not helping your community. It's not helping this country, right? You managing to do well is much more helpful in the long run. So focus on that. You mentioned a few opportunities. One of them was note investing. The other one was obviously not panicking and holding on to your properties. The other one was go to your long-term residence to see if they are interested in buying the property. What are some other opportunities you think are things people should be considering right now besides those three that I just mentioned? Well, every single person needs to know the law. I've been on bigger pockets. I'm very big on there as far as a contributor and I listen. And there are a lot of people coming out saying, we're just going to evict people. It doesn't matter what orders are in place. Because there are some areas of the country that have a no eviction or stay on evictions, right? We're just going to tell them to go. I'm thinking, wow, you're just going to get sued (laughs) so hard for that. Don't be like that. Think about the law that you have. Look back on the property that you have. Go to the banks or go to the SBA and say, this is what I have right now. And this is what I'd like to be able to do because I need to be able to keep the renters there if at all possible. Because trying to turn over an apartment right now is really not what you want to be focusing on. Not if they were a good paying renter. You want to try to keep them in that property until they get back on their feet and help them and not overburden them to where they're angry at you and they're going to leave the moment that things get back on track. And this is America. We're Americans. Things are going to get back on track much quicker than anybody realizes because we are who we are. It's in our DNA, right? So you don't want to upset an entire complex full of people. So think about what you're going to write them. 
write something reassuring, try to get some money in place to help who you can and be reasonable about it. Those are things that you can do right now. And if you already have cash flow coming in and you already have that, a bank's going to know that they're going to be able to get some money too, because everybody's going to be looking for the stimulus money and eventually they're going to pass it. What about buying? Should people be buying right now? Yes. I just was speaking to Networth Realty, which is the largest realty agency. They're all over the country, but in our area, they're really big and they only deal with real estate investors. So they buy distressed properties, they sell them at wholesale, and then they have agreements with Home Depot and contractors and hard money lenders. So they help real estate investors get in the game and either flip or rent these properties after they rehab them. In every single one of the realtors I talked, a huge office, one of the most profitable offices in the entire Houston area, and every single realtor I spoke to were real estate investors. Some had 20 plus properties. They were all scanning their own deals right then. So if they're doing it and they see the thing, I know everybody else should, they were all very positive about it because they were investors themselves. So the person who invited me, her name is Amber Lynn, she had two properties that they were flipping right then. So they weren't stopping. So they are putting their money where their mouth is. So I would look at people like that that see the trend. And there was an uptick in interest in investors. There was an uptick in people that were, we're going to have to buy foreclosed notes. I talked to one guy who had already been trying to negotiate to get foreclosed notes to try to get into that game. And his thing was, I'm going to try to work with these people to keep them in the house. Because there are going to be companies that hold notes that won't be able to float it because their management isn't good. Well, that doesn't mean that they don't have actually good renters. It just means that they're unable to do what they're supposed to do at this time because they just don't have good management. You're going to see that happen too. People who don't listen to podcasts, who are not taking the right advice, that's a time for investors to come and get those notes, keep the people in the house, and now you have a performing property within two or three months. So that's going to be another opportunity to look for. There's a lot of opportunity right now, I'm telling you. What about from an asset management perspective? You specialize in asset management now. And you already mentioned this in the beginning that people are reaching out to you, telling you that there's things that they want to do now that they should have done already. Maybe just tell us what those things are. Well, if you're not operating anonymously, then that's something that you really need to do. That is the first layer of protection. If you have an LLC, but your name's tied to it, That LLC is very flimsy protection. What you want is to have your operating company anonymous to where your name is not tied to it. And then you want to operate from one anonymous structure and then put your properties in another anonymous structure that is not tied to it. So when you have that set up, it's scalable, you're protected. And in the long run, it's a lot cheaper to do that. All the people who are LLC stacking right now, you're going to really need to think about that structure because even just now you have all these EINs, all these bank accounts you've got to worry about, all these different properties. Many of you who have many properties, what you've done is you put three or four properties under one LLC. Well, that's not very protective. They can all get attached in a lawsuit. And when there is economic instability, unfortunately, that brings out the people who are lawsuit friendly. You're going to get a rash of attorneys and renters and all sorts of things that are going to come out of this. And if you're protected, you're going to make it very difficult for them because those are the type of people who are looking for low hanging fruit. 
I know that they own this property, their name's on the lease, their name's on this LLC. That is something I can attach a lien to and I can get recovery because a lawyer needs three things to file a lawsuit. They need the law, they need the facts, they need a recovery. Law and facts can be massaged, but recovery, if they look you up and there's nothing to find, well, is that lawyer really going to spend all that time and money just to a needle in a haystack? Probably not. Now, on the converse end, if you have a legitimate grievance and you want to sue someone and they have actually wronged you, the attorney will, will take the case for that. You'll be able to move forward. So if you're doing something wrong, then you're probably going to get sued and you'll probably win. <laughs> so don't do wrong things. This is these structures to protect people who are doing the right things against the people who are doing the wrong things, not vice versa. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about already? Whether it's to do with mindset, opportunities, asset management, managing employees remotely during this pandemic that we haven't talked about already? Just be kind. Be kind to your staff. Any kindness that you give right now to the people that you're dealing with. And I know that if you're an investor or a business owner and a project, everybody's having delays and all sorts of things happen. Just chill for a little bit and give some kindness and then do what you can on your own end. Remember, think outside the box, go look for extra loans. I know some people are leveraged to the hilt, but there are going to be things coming down the pipeline that you can utilize. Don't close your mind to help and don't close your mind to an expansion in a time of crisis. The people who looked at crisis historically and said, you know what, I'm bankrupt right now but I'm going to move forward. Those are the people that you find that are wildly successful. They managed to get out of it and they managed to do good. So be that type of person. All right, Jennifer, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your advice. This is a very powerful episode. I think it's going to get a lot of traction, especially during this time because you get a lot of practical advice on how to manage employees remotely. You basically said that it's going to come down to you needing to be a much better communicator and mm-hmm. utilizing technology to do that. So using video communication softwares like Skype, Google Hangouts, Zoom, FaceTime. I think you also mentioned Slack, which you really like. But at the same time, you don't want to overburden your employees and have eight-hour Skype calls every single day where they're working and you're watching them. So you want to set clear times for when you're going to have your face-to-face meetings and then let your team members work on their own without using some sort of time tracking software because that's when they're going to be able to innovate. And you give a great example of, for some reason, everyone loves toilet paper right now. So (laughs) selling one piece of toilet paper with every pizza box, I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, He also talked about Trello and Zoho for property management softwares. And then for accounting software, he said the Wave app, people can use No, Wave app is accounting. Zoho does accounting. Zoho has a whole suite. They have a lot of things at Zoho. And then you're going to have to track some people's time. You just will, especially if they're per project or hourly, but I would suggest Toggle, T-O-G-G-L.com. That software is not invasive. It doesn't bog down their computer. All the other ones I've ever tested, and I've probably tested almost every one out there, I'm going to tell you at one point or another in my career, and you don't want graphic designers and then your whole thing freezes because you've got Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator and the stupid time tracker is eating up your resources, right? So that one doesn't do it and they can use it on their phone while being on their computer. So their phone can be tracking them and then they write in what they've been working on. If you're a good manager and they do take your directions, don't have them write paragraphs, but you'll be able to see if what they write, what you see in Toggle matches their output. 
you're going to have to step up your management game. You really are. You're going to have to care about people too and let them know that you care about them. And that shouldn't be hard, but for some people it is. So work on it. Perfect. So that's the managing employees part. We also talked about mindset. So basically that people fall into one of two camps is the people that are either just getting into it or are very over leveraged and are kind of terrified and panicking versus people who kind of see it for what it is and realize that there are opportunities out there and that people in, in that second camp 10 years from now are going to be sitting around talking about, I'm glad, I'm really glad I held on those property. I'm really glad I bought those properties where people in camp one are going to be full of regrets and wishing that they had invested. From another mindset perspective, you said that hopefully you've been treating this as a business. And that'll be very, very helpful and help you not to panic and realize that just like a business, you're going to push forward. And if you have to pivot, you have to pivot. But there are opportunities out there. You gave some examples like going to some of your long-term residents who've rented the longest to see if they've got down payment money to buy the property, making sure that everyone knows about the law surrounding evictions. And that even if you are a lot of evict people, it's probably not the best time to do that because you don't want to upset everyone at your apartment. Instead, figure out ways to keep them there, figure out ways to help them financially and write something reassuring to them to let them know that you're looking out for them. I know Joe's company sent a lot of letters with some medical advice from the CDC and who uh, he also talked about how people should be buying real estate. So you've got realtors and other people you're talking to that are putting their money where their mouths are and buying real estate. Another opportunity would be foreclosed note investing, but making sure that you are working with the people to keep them in the house as opposed to bringing out a bunch of properties that you might not be able to manage. And then we talked about the asset management side of things that one thing that people really need to start doing is to operate anonymously because when economic instability hits, it brings out all the people who want to sue and they'll go for the people that are low hanging fruits. They look up your name and see 25 LLCs with 45 different properties attached to your name. They're going to be able to go after you a lot easier than someone who owns the same 45 properties, but is operating under a anonymous operating company. And then that's not tied to them. And then another anonymous structure that the properties are in, they're not going to see anything under your name. Sure. They could find it if it does a little bit deeper, but it's not low hanging fruit. And so as long as you're not doing anything shady, operating anonymously is the way to go. And then lastly, so just to be kind to people that you're dealing with, think outside the box, figure out ways to find more money, like go after extra loans and make sure you're not being a closed-minded to help and expanding. So I think that hit on everything we talked about. Jennifer, really appreciate it. Again, you coming on and giving us your expertise on what people should be doing during this coronavirus pandemic. Best of listeners, as always, thanks for listening. Everyone, please be safe. Have a best of your day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you again. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.